0: Okay, it's October 19th, 2020. This is Rock. Persian piano powerhouse progeny. There are few names in Iranian music more well known than Maestro Anushiran Rohani, but more recently it's his son who is making waves as a popular performer around the world on the same instrument. Piano star Reza Rohani joins me for a feature interview today about being the musical heir apparent, dabbling in both classical and jazz styles, gaining celebrity as a TV star, and finding mass success on Instagram. Reza Rohani joins us from California, plus the Rook team on letters and therapy. This is conversations from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora. I'm Gian Gameshi. This is Rock. Hi there, welcome to episode number 54 of Rook. Salam, dostan aziz. We are coming to you on iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, SoundCloud, Telegram, and Spotify. Telegram and Spotify. hastam uh, ke What? You heard me.
1: Yes, this time you nailed it. <laughs>
2: really. Is that a thing?
0: <laughs> well, it's a thing for some of us, young Keon, I've never with heard your of perfect <laughs> little upturned nose.
2: <laughs> Shia, what? What is he talking out of his behind?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what does that yeah. mean? It's like
0: I I hope that you're finding success.
2: Uh, like you're eating a lot and your nose turns fat is i don't think
0: we need to get into the details okay i'm wow. excited i'm excited to have reza rohani joining us today not only a star piano player and recording artist himself but uh part of quite a, a lineage of musicians shaya i think you know who his father
1: is <laughs> of I, course. i'll bet you have you met his father yes yes yeah i, I met him actually and um it was in a party in tehran and i should uh,
0: say we're talking about maestro and rohani the great piano player and composer
1: yes and actually he played and uh taha sang with him my brother and sang with him and i was you know i was (laughs) super excited
0: (laughs) Now, uh, Keon, you were saying, uh, I, I'm excited about Reza Rahone. I have a, I, have a uh, I know who he is, and I know he was one of the stars of the stage program, and I'm uh, uh, looking forward to talking to him about all kinds of things, including being the son of a of a very famous uh, I- Iranian, and, of course, Reza carving out an important career for himself, too. You weren't sure. I don't think you have. You've, you haven't heard of him, right? I'm not familiar with so him. So you'll, you'll, once we do the interview, I'm, you'll be more familiar. But have you ever been to a Persian uh birthday party of course or had one yourself right persian
2: birthday party yeah. i mean there were persians there okay yeah, and what
0: did they sing for you
2: ta-va-lo, ta-va-lo,
0: ta-va-lo, ta-va-lo. you know who that was written by <laughs>
2: no idea. reza
0: rohani's father
2: you're kidding i'm really? not kidding wow that's some claim to fame <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: not so bad huh captain uh-huh. reza
3: that was crazy. I had no idea. You didn't know that no, either. I yeah. know. Right, no,
0: I didn't know. No, so I didn't know. You learn something each day. Oh,
2: I thought right. it just naturally appeared That's <laughs> That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some songs just naturally appear. Yeah. This is the thing. People need to know. There are creators of these things. Actually, I want to ask Reza Rohani, if, um, I mean, in, in light of all that we've talked about in terms of copyright and publishing and compensation and recognition for artists and creators and composers, whether his dad... Uh, gets any comp- compensation for the mm-hmm. fact that he's written arguably the most famous contemporary piece of Iranian music, you know, like the happy birthday of of uh, Iranian cult- Persian culture. Um, I- I'm guessing he's going to say no. You know, in Iran, well, see, I don't yeah. know. Um, how was your weekend, Kian <laughs> It
2: was all right. I went to a drive-in concert. It was oh. Different, yes. I mean, I, I. Did, you
0: sit in your car and, and somebody you, plays music for you.
2: Not the same, and mm. it's like from a distance. So the stage is very far, mm-hmm. and you. The whole point of going to a concert is seeing people, mm-hmm. you know, close and being in that auditorium mm-hmm. and listening to live music. It just wasn't the same. You were uh, in your car and listening. How to many it. of you were in the car? There was two of mm-hmm. us. <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, Who'd you go with?
2: I, <clears throat> moving on. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are we not allowed to around. know? No. Well, it, it was, uh, so how was, was your it, week?
0: Was it? Uh, let me ask you this way: mm-hmm. Was it romantic, at least, going to the uh, drive-in concert? It
2: was. Yes, it was a date. Uh, oh. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, well. So you're in the car, and
2: let me let me put this one out song there. leads to another. The whole <laughs> point, the, my the whole point of going on dates for me most of the time is to do things that I want to do. Uh-huh. So you know, if I like back pre-COVID times, mm-hmm. I would always want to go to the opera, ballet, uh, symphonies. A lot of my friends don't have the same interests as me. Mm-hmm. So whenever- So now you're some, sitting in a car. So, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> what,
0: what kind of a concert was it?
2: I love old music. So mm-hmm. Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday. That was the whole reason for jazz. me to go. Yes, that's, old so jazz. So that's
0: in the category yeah. of crooners and jazz.
2: Yeah, and then it kind of-
0: Tying this in with Reza Rohani. Right, about to yeah. Out, yeah.
2: So then it kind of had some Aretha Franklin and Beyonce, which I'm not a huge fan of. Okay, not but anyway, so much jazz. Obviously, was not the actual artist singing the songs. You're that. saying
0: that Ella Fitzgerald and Beyonce were not there. No, <laughs> <Yes>. I, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ella
2: Fitzgerald.
4: And, Fitz and
0: uh, <laughs> so this was a long way of telling us what? That you went to... Uh, uh, that I
2: went to this concert uh, on Saturday night. In a night. car
0: with your, uh, on a date. Yes. Now, let's get back to the part <laughs> where you said... Dates are so that you can be taken to the opera or the ballet or what? what it's, is
2: it's like my mandatory plus one. And uh, let me make this clear: I like ahead of time. I'll kind of look at the season of opera or ballet mm-hmm. and what's coming, and I buy tickets ahead of time. And I basically, I basically, I yeah. basically have to beg my friends to come to these things with not me.
0: This friend, not this special friend.
2: Not this special friend. So you know, I, I wanted to go to this thing. Well, so now, what, now,
0: if the special friend, y- yes, I mean we d- we're not allowed to know their name, so I don't no, know. Okay. Uh, uh, if the special, if he or she mm-hmm. uh,
2: does not have an interest in this, they <laughs> right. are forced no, to what, go to what, this. What <laughs> if
0: they want to go to see, a, you know, a hockey game, and you're well, not then as that's into it? Too
2: bad for them. Isn't you don't. It? <laughs> you kidding. don't. Uh, no, I, I like basketball, hockey. I'm not a fan of. Uh, so, just, it so, so you wouldn't go. I would not go. No. Well No.
0: You're not an easy person uh, to uh, listen.
2: We all have our thing, right. and you wow. know, and it's Keon's way or Gianna. the. Ho- the the no, that well, the is highway. not true. I will put up with it, but uh, I prefer not to watch hockey. Um, what about you, I, Gian? I was using it as an, an
0: example. Ex- what what I'm about just me? Trying to change. I the spent subject. the whole weekend uh, feeling like not going anywhere
2: because you thought you had COVID. N-
0: well, i I think I've had COVID at least 20 times, but uh, I don't think I have. But no, yeah. Now that it's surging again, I'm staying around my house other than like. I, I saw one person and and took Oogie for a walk and a few times, but that's it. Well, I'll tell you. I this don't want to go. I'm not like you running around town I'm, to the ballet. It was you know, a drive in the middle in, of a pandemic, it was a, a drive-in
2: right? concert. I'll tell you this much: I will b- not be going to any more drive-in concerts. Ooh. So I got more cookbooks for for a winter of staying in and doing. You mean nothing. because it,
0: it didn't do anything for you?
2: No.
0: So no. speaking of your um, relationship. Oh um, <laughs> I shot no, myself
2: in the foot with no, no, that one. <laughs> no, your relationship
0: uh, ebbs and flows, your ups and downs, your, mm-hmm. your uh, interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tina Parsa, yes. Tina Parsa who was yes. on the show uh, mm-hmm. last Thursday, right. and she's doing therapy in Tehran now. She was living in New Zealand for most of her life. Why am I telling you this as if you didn't listen to the interview? I did. You were I, here. I we talked engaged. about it. Yes, 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 I was very and, engaged. And, uh, and she's, you know, uh, I guess a lot of people are interested in talking about relationships right now because her star is rising as a therapist who talks about
2: it. I find that so interesting when you asked her, what do people come to you most for, to therapy sessions in Tehran? And she said relationships. I don't know why that, I find that shocking because there's so many other issues that, are I found riding. that
0: not shocking. Really? Yeah, I mm. guess I thought, well, that makes sense, especially in. I mean, she said her demographic is relatively young. It's people okay. in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, I and guess that makes sense. So they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're concerned about relationships. Hmm. But I mean, that's what you go therapy Therapy's all about True, that, true. You're it? not going to go in there your, parents, and, your relationship with right. your parents, your relationship with your family, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your loved You're not
2: going to go in one. there and talk about the economy. Like, oh, like, what is, you know, what what can you do I about do, that? I yeah. All my <laughs> sessions <laughs> with my <laughs> therapists are
0: about <laughs> economics. After <laughs> every headline,
2: Oh, God, yeah, you probably go.
0: So I invoke, the name tina Parsiman because i know we got a, a, a bunch of letters about that a, about jane lewison and the mm-hmm. goal ha project yeah. all on our last episode um so we're going to get to some of that with the yes. letters of the day right mm-hmm. all right captain reza groovy shaya kian Docht the fabulous kian will um get to get to you in a little while let me bring in our feature guest our feature guest today is not just an iranian german American piano star in his own right in the classical and jazz genres he also comes from as we've discussed some royal lineage when it comes to music in Iran in fact he happens to be the son of one of the greatest Iranian pianists and composers of all time take a listen to this taste of maestro Anushirvan Rohani in concert in 2013, performing with his son, my guest today, Reza Rohani. Reza is a composer, producer, pianist, and musician for film and TV based in Los Angeles. He's come to global attention for his beautiful and novel fusion of jazz sounds with Iranian, European, and Middle Eastern influences. Reza was born into a famous musical family, but left Iran for Germany in the early 1990s as a teenager, where he studied classical and jazz music before returning to Iran to record his first album. Reza Rohani is also well-known to Persians across the diaspora for becoming famous in his role as a judge on the popular weekly Manitoba Music Talent Program Stage. Recently, in the time of COVID, Reza has taken to his Instagram platform to post music with his musical partner, Sara Nayani, where he sits at the piano, she sings, and then they get hundreds of thousands of streams. Take a listen to
4: this <speaking in Spanish>
0: little taste of Reza Rohani on piano with Sarah Naini from this month on Instagram doing that famous gugushi song right now Reza Rohani joins me from Los Angeles California today hello sir
5: Hello, sir. A pleasure to be here.
0: What a pleasure to have you on the program. How does it feel to be an Instagram sensation, getting hundreds of thousands of views for just sitting in your living room and at a makeshift sure piano? <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Getting there wasn't wasn't as easy as it sounds, but uh, it definitely is is a very rewarding experience. Uh, I feel very lucky to be able to share my, my feelings uh, with an audience so big.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing. And, yeah. and how, how much do you and Sarah plan what you're going to do? Or has that just been this spontaneous thing you started doing during Corona?
5: Honestly, like uh, the whole process started uh, way back during stage when I was, you know, uh, sitting in the studio uh, late nights and, and rendering stuff for, for the uh, shows. And, um, just to basically gap the time, I just turned on the microphone and it has all, uh, I mean, not the microphone, the, the, the live camera on Instagram. Yeah. And, um, you know, it has always been like this, like I've been called uh, a human jukebox (laughs) before (laughs) because I was able to more or less reproduce whatever I was familiar with and whatever I heard, I, I could play on the piano. So... I just basically turned on the camera and asked the audience to, to you know, tell me what they want to hear and then I would play it. And um, so that basically uh, continued in a way with solo piano. And then after I was uh, geographically closer to Sarah and it was possible for us to be uh, online uh basically from the same room so that is what we decided to do uh because you know that also comes naturally to her as well so this is basically what what you can see here on instagram it was just basically what what would happen regardless if the camera was on or not so right, we right would just get together and and perform and so uh yeah we more or less stumbled upon it (laughs) we just went live and and played a few requests and uh it turned out to be very popular however uh it got way more popular as the pandemic started Mm -hmm. and then also instagram uh, uh offered the option to to save the life so that that uh, people could watch it afterwards as well. Right. That wasn't possible before that, and uh, so yeah, as 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 that option was was uh, offered, uh, it really like like tripled ir
0: is is there is there something bittersweet i mean you're absolutely right you it takes a lifetime of cultivating what you've cultivated to be good enough to to have this fan base that you have but but is there something bittersweet about the fact that uh an accomplished musician like yourself who would spend Hours, weeks, months recording an album, getting all the sounds exactly perfect, making sure it's exactly the arrangement, the mix you want, um, can potentially get get more hits, get more uh, streams, get more attention, maybe even get more uh, material success. Um, ripping something, just doing something live uh, with mediocre sound on the the little Instagram camera uh, and, and get hundreds of thousands of streams.
5: Well, uh, you know what, yeah, as you just pointed it out, um, so I, I do take pride in, in cultivating that kind of ability to, to, to be able to perform on the spot. But as somebody who does it both, I actually uh, I don't see anything bitter in it. So I am, Great. I, I am, I am very happy to be able to uh, perform live. But also, uh, I, I also have a lot of recordings where I, where I put months and years even sometimes uh, into production where you, you know, go into the studio remixing uh, a piece like for 11 or 12 times. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. So, yeah, I've done it both. So, and, and um, for me, it's just sweet. <laughs> so, so, Reza,
0: you were intimating a moment ago that you're yeah. one of those people who, uh, back in my band in, in, in the yeah. 90s, there was, there was one of the guys in the band who, uh, and, he, and I would say he wasn't necessarily the best musician of the four of us, you know, in terms of mm. his, his actual chops, but he mm. could hear, he can hear, he's still with us, he mm-hmm. could hear something on the radio, uh, mm-hmm. a song he's never even heard before, and play it back to you when the, by the time mm-hmm. the song is done. You're one of those guys?
5: Well, uh, yeah, I I guess, I guess I am kind of, I mean, like, yeah, there are uh, very realistic and and, and bold limits to to my abilities, but uh, they are good enough, definitely for, you know, to be able to recreate at least uh, pop music.
0: Uh, Uh, Hence the human jukebox. Oh, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. I want to get into the, the, your story and, and the different places you've lived and how you've evolved as, as a musician. But you've said, before we do that, just in terms of defining things, you, you've said you want to be a composer and pianist without borders. What does that mean to you?
5: Well, uh, you know, I, I, I really do have and do like to have um, – I would say a a cultural uh, identity of my own uh, that really uh, displays uh, my personal uh, story and history. And uh, uh, my personal history was not really defined by geographical borders. Mm. For example, I remember uh, when I had my first or second performance in, in Tehran uh, as as a, you know, freshly graduated jazz pianist. Um, when you returned after yeah, Germany. Yeah, from Germany. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I was playing my pieces, and <laughs> there was uh, this older lady who requested, can, can you play something Iranian for us? <laughs> uh, so she said, uh, yeah, she's the Iranian. the chi. what did she want you to play? Well, yeah, but, well, you know, uh, my my reply instantly uh, was that you know i consider myself iranian so whatever i am playing for you no, whatever it, is my right, composition right. Uh, is also iranian but you know uh, she had a point uh, and i i did reply but i i did understand her at the same time so uh, uh that was a very bold way to say that that basically i did not sound purely iranian any longer uh, which was my goal. That's why I left the country at such a long age, uh, young age to be influenced by, by other cultures as well, as well. And I really don't want this process to ever stop. So I, I do want to keep my identity on my roots without um, you know, uh, this hindering my, my pro- process of, of growing. I love that. You're an explorer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we all
0: are you know. <laughs> some more than others. Take, take me. Take me back to being. Uh, you mentioned Iran. So being a kid in the late 70s and 1980s. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know you, and I know a lot of Iranians do, but you you come from quite a musical family. Uh, Your uncle, Shahdod Rohani, your aunt, Puran, your grandfather, Reza. Of course, there's your dad. When were you first aware, Reza, that you were the son of a famous musician, that you were in this kind of famous family?
5: Uh... i I really didn't realize that for a long time that uh, this was something special like when i went to school i was surprised that people uh, had non-famous dads (laughs) 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 whose names wouldn't open doors (laughs) so uh yeah um i mean i i am extremely lucky to to be in that family and um you know to have the the privileges but also the the support that comes with it both from my own family and also from um you know uh, people who who are interested in in the kind of music that my family is responsible for so uh yeah it, it has always been a blessing and i'm very lucky to to realize that pretty early in my life uh, that I was just surrounded by, by stars, like my aunt was a f- superstar, my dad, you know, thanks to, to his career, but also to his TV appearances right before the re- revolution, was also probably the only composer whose, whose face was so well known uh, right. in the country. Right. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I did realize that very early, and and I'm very grateful that I, I did appreciate uh, every second of it. You so, mentioned going yeah. to school. What,
0: what what would you get treated differently at school? Would kids say ask questions about your family, or, or you know, want you to bring them home to meet your mm. dad? Or I, well, uh, you know
5: what? Actually, yeah, uh, it, it wasn't so much the kids. But the school staff and their families, and you know, uh, the kids' parents and stuff, they they definitely they did treat me differently. Uh, the kids, um, you know, wouldn't really like. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a popular kid because I was you know very into sports and uh, very active, and uh, I was also like I was a little bit, you know. I, I grew very fast so i was huge in my school so <laughs> size really matters i i was like yeah, I, i've been the same <laughs> height since i was 12 <laughs> so imagine that like i was a captain of the basketball team so i i am like a regular i i am like 177. Uh, one meter seventy-seven centimeters, but for a twelve-year-old wow. guy in Tehran back then, it was a huge. I was huge.
0: Wait a second! Uh, you're coming from yeah. this famous family. You're a good-looking yeah. kid. You're bigger than the <laughs> other kids. You're the captain of the basketball team. This is a pretty charmed childhood. You're you're explaining uh, here.
5: Yes, I, I I actually you know I've been I loved my my entire life so far, and I I, uh, I feel extremely lucky. But yeah, so school was was pretty much very very fun. So. i i um yeah
0: i can hear my i I I can hear my mom listening to this right now saying (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) things have gone Uh, so well (laughs) when when did you start uh, when did you actually start playing the piano when did when did music become something that that was running through your fingers as well as your lineage
5: Well, uh, yeah, a very interesting question. I actually, uh, I probably uh, started, um, you know, I mean, you know, there's this self-sustaining cycle uh, where you, you know, get praise and and, um, you want to keep that, preserve that positive feeling so you exercise and practice more. And uh, then you get better and then you get praise again and so on. So I fell into that with the age of 12, I guess. And uh, it was just, you know, I I mean, I had worked, uh, of course, I started uh, going to classes with, I guess I was probably six years old. Uh, so I had my, my father teaching me, then I had my older sister teaching me, then I went to my uncle, Ardashir, uh, and, you know, they all influenced me and, and they were, uh, you know, on my side, at my side for um, starting phase, which is not necessarily easy. So they were, uh, you know, it requires a lot of discipline for, uh, especially for, for a young boy, who actually is good at sports and wants to be outside all the time right uh, so to practice for like two uh, two hours a, a day that was a you know that was really painful for, for the starting years and uh, but yeah you know, uh, i I made it through that and then with the age of 12 I was pretty much in the self-sustaining cycle so
0: so so sorry when you were a kid when you were a kid were you were you playing the piano because you wanted to or was it was there kind of a family obligation that this was something that you do if you're part of the Rohanese
5: well uh to be honest with you i I do not i do not remember uh how i felt uh about mm-hmm. it because um you know like i never got uh, away from the piano long enough to to you know create a craving <laughs> for mm-hmm. it that was very dominant but you know i actually uh, i'm very happy that, that i got a chance to you know basically develop this, this skill and, and uh, these skills and, and abilities that early. Because, you know, as, as, a, as a young child, you, you lack experience to, to make long-term decisions. Uh, and I think parents are responsible to to guide you uh, to the best of their knowledge. Uh, you know, in those uh, years. But you would
0: know you would know if you really hated it. You would know if it's something that you didn't want to do. And
5: well, yeah, obviously uh, I did not hate it. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have ended <laughs> differently. Well, but, well yeah. this is the,
0: and this is the thing, Reza. I mean, this is part of the the Rubik's Cube with you that's so interesting is that. Um, you know, in my experience interviewing people who are the progeny of very, very famous people, uh, uh, it usually goes one one way or the other. In other words, they either um, follow in the footsteps or they really don't. You know, They run into the absolute opposite direction, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and yeah. you, many kinds of, of famous folks tend to shy away from going into the same field or actively decide to carve out their own path. You not only choose music, but piano, which is, you know, what your dad is, the maestro, he's the guy. Did you ever think, what if I don't live up to my dad? What if this is, uh, you know, I'm always going to be in his shadow? Did those things uh, in your early teens, before you leave and go to Germany, Mm. did those things enter your mind at all? Uh,
5: Not at all, to be honest, Uh, uh, not at all. Because, you know, I I really am grateful to to my father who, you know, uh, basically— gave me the necessary uh, self confidence that you gain through skill as i told you so i was basically too young to to really you know choose anything uh, I I actually was more influenced uh, by by my friends to choose like for example the kind of sports that they were interested in like basketball instead of football by uh, or soccer so uh, which was m- way more popular back back in Iran yes uh, than basketball so but I was very much influenced by a friend uh, to choose basketball for example or to listen to I don't know like. Pink Floyd, which was, you know, I was way too young to start listening to Pink Floyd, but I did it anyways, because this older uh, friend of mine who um, used to be my role model, uh, who still remains my role model uh, today in many ways. Um, I'm, so that, those things were influenced by friends. But you know there is this you know starting phase that is um, not really pleasant at that age where you where you cannot really create you don't have the the skills to play something that is really interesting because you have to like do the basics and and go through the uh, chores of, of of practicing and developing your skill those. Uh, days and those years, I would say, they they are not really fun because you know even yeah. if you practice and, and and you get it right, the music that you're playing is not really something that would move anybody. But as soon as I got good enough to to produce results that that I could get behind, then then I started loving it, and I was at a very early age. So I was like twelve. It is, I would say, yeah. You know, uh, just uh,
0: just just parenthetically, Reza, uh, there's almost um, every week something comes up where I go. I I have to make a documentary about that, and and definitely (laughs) on the list is uh, is some kind of exploration or documentary about post-revolutionary gen xers and millennials in iran and their connection with pink floyd because because yeah. i still can't figure out how this you know what was in the dna or how which which suitcase with cassette tapes yeah. of pink floyd or whatever made it to iran but there's this weird you know entire generation who know pink floyd don't know you know the hip-hop scene don't know yeah. you know a lot oh. of the western yeah. stars don't know a lot of the music that i would have grown up with in London and then in toronto and new york but they know pink floyd it's amazing yeah
5: i honestly i i cannot explain that to you from a musical point of view and of course i i would go out on a limb and say that you know most people that listen to it uh, would not even like you know at least in a deeper sense uh understand the the lyrics right yeah psychedelic rock and, like <laughs> i was 12 like <laughs> right right
0: and what was their access to the drugs required to really understand <laughs> exactly, it that's like, the other question
5: yeah exactly so, <laughs> I, I honestly cannot answer that because because you know i was not into that but i still like i you know that's what i want to say so for example pink floyd was something that i would not be naturally drawn to even today
0: and were you were you drawn to the big Persian pop of the time? Like, were you into, uh, or I mean, just before your time? That is, I mean, would you, were you into Ebi or you know Dariush and that stuff at that time? Uh,
5: not at all. No, no. I, I we would just basically we would have like tapes on video that we would watch, and they were mostly pre-revolutionary rang rang shows. With, with Gugush and, and and other stars. Um, and we would like watch that because, you know, we did not really have direct access to what was happening culturally anywhere else in the world. Right. And even like, you know, videotapes from, from Los Angeles would like arrive once a year and you would watch. I mean, like I was, again, too young to watch that. I, I would have preferred to just watch cartoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. over and over guess, Cinderella right. and Cinderella and Robin Hood and stuff like right, that. The famous Persian <laughs> but, <laughs> stories of Robin <laughs> exactly. Hood and Cinderella. Yeah, <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and also it's so interesting because, you know, I recently watched actually Robin Hood in it's, um, you know, uh, not censored version, the full version and it was a totally different story than we <laughs> used to see in Iran. Uh, because They had, you know, What did they censor
0: in Robin Hood?
5: Well, I think you know that was You know, Robin Hood was the fox, and he had a romance with this other lady, that was like yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway, so
0: <laughs> you know what's so I, interesting I, I, is 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 though. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, let me bring us back because I, um, uh, um, I could talk all day about Robin Hood and Pink Floyd. I, the, <laughs> what, what's interesting to me is again in terms of the the pedigree and where you come from. So is this decision then, a couple of years after the 12-year-old Reza, to go to Germany. Because So your dad is uh, Anushivan Rohani, a famous maestro. I, I could see it. If you were going into any other field, space mm. exploration, sports, mm. dance, even medicine, that you may want to leave Iran and, and get that coveted education and pedigree from the West that a lot of bourgeois kids in, in Iran were sent to get. But you had one of the best teachers in, you know in Iran in your family uh, in fact you had a few of them in your family yes. what was the precipitant for leaving that and going to Germany to get a musical education at the age of 15?
5: Well, you know, actually, that's a very smart question to ask. And to be honest with you, this is the first time that I am actually thinking about it and verbalizing <laughs> what, uh, what went uh, into that decision. But it wasn't my own decision. It was mostly my father. And I was very much, I would say, supportive of that decision. And I was prepared for the hardships uh, that I was about to face. But, yeah, the goal was to, to be better even. The goal was to, you know, having access to to better education that my father had, better better teachers, better professors, better yeah that was that was the entire goal so um I mean, it's quite beautiful really
0: but if i if i can yeah. just uh, extend this because again it's quite uh, uh, um it's quite extraordinary to me if, if if as a metaphor you know this serena williams the williams sisters a mm-hmm. couple of the best yeah. tennis players in america mm-hmm. their dad taught them the dad was a tennis player he wasn't you know he mm-hmm. wasn't the best tennis player but he, mm-hmm. it's it's like uh, um the dad who's the coach saying okay actually go Go to Europe. Uh, I mm. mean, <laughs> they did, yeah. instead of training with me. And yeah. in a way, it's quite beautiful that your dad thought. Um, that you could gain something more by going something more than what he could give but uh, You know, I happen to know I mean, I actually have a piano players in Iran in my family Who were taught by your dad or by people around your dad? So, so I I know that he was this very coveted teacher amongst other things and as, as members of your family so you could have had that education incubated within your own family and uh, and you get sent to go somewhere else to do it, it's quite an extra, maybe it's your dad I should be asking the question of, but what do you suspect he thought you could gain in Germany that he couldn't give
5: you? Well, you know, I wasn't the first in our family to, to leave. Uh, so uh, my my father had attempted to, you know, get a scholarship to to go study in abroad, but was, he has like a cute story about, you know, how um, basically the government had, had like grants uh, for, for young musicians to go study in Europe. But uh, the grant was specified to, to flute and not the piano. <laughs> and, uh, so as he went to get the grant and he, you know, had, he, had, he has gotten like the approval of, of a professor in France, uh in in paris who would you know uh he was interested into teaching him and tutoring him and uh, he goes i think i don't know if he goes back in iran or in the embassy i don't know where but then yeah so there is like one government government official who tells him you know what there is no grant for the piano why don't you switch to flute (laughs) then you can (laughs) then you can you know have the money to go study so he was the very first Basically, you know, uh, he had already, you know, aimed this high for, for himself. And I firmly believe that that is why he, you know, was able to eventually, uh, you know, get get where he is uh, by by aiming that high. And then, you know, he did that same thing together with my grandfather, of course, and my uncles. So the, he did that for all my uh Three uncles as well, and I'm not saying that you know my father basically had a fatherly figure for my uncles. I don't want to go in uh, into that discussion, but you know I I am just saying that you know this kind of uh, understanding was within our family that uh, that uh, all three of my uncles they they went to Austria in Vienna and studied music as well. Uh, all three uh, you know studied in Vienna as well. And uh, so I was the first, um, basically, to, to go abroad after the revolution uh, for, from the new generation. I mean, Which, like by my, the way, is a,
0: is a whole other story. So what, what's yeah. it like to be, uh, when you get to Germany, you're 15 yeah. years old, what's it like yeah. to be an Iranian
5: kid in Germany as a teenager in the early 1990s? Well, honestly, like that, that was a, quite miserable, quite miserable because, you know, as, as I just told you, I was very popular. I had, a, you know, uh, I had a, an amazing life in, in Tehran and uh, I, I was loved by my friends and by my family. And, uh, you know, I went to Germany with the age of 15 and, you know, a very good friend of my father who I, you know, I'm in debt forever, Professor Sami, the famous uh, um, neurosurgeon, and his wife, they had, uh, you know, uh, accepted me into their home. So, you know, I went from being the popular kid in Tehran to Germany in 92, which was, you know, it wasn't in the city of Hanover, but it wasn't even in the city. It was like in the suburbs of Hanover, wow, and yeah. uh, so where you know, for back then, everybody, everything closed at six thirty. Like all the even the suburbs, but even the city, everything and, and was, how was dead your, at six thirty. And how was your German? Uh, and I did not speak a word <laughs> right, of German. Right, yeah, right, so right. I I did not speak German at all, and it was quite miserable. But you know. Um, I, I was aware of it before I went there and I knew that I have to face this hardship so it wasn't for me like you know um i I did not imagine that that I would go somewhere where I would have fun or you know you know this notion like be like <laughs> right, I, I right. didn't feel like it's spring going break to, you yeah, know. Yeah. yeah exactly so I, I I knew that I have to uh, but i'll but I'll bet I so. i'm I'm
0: betting in retrospect that yeah. you look at it now and even that transformation from the popular kid who has a community around him, his friends, his family, et cetera in Tehran, the captain of the basketball team to a rather solitary lonely uh experience in Germany uh, not speaking the language I'll bet in retrospect that was a learning experience right.
5: Yes yes I, I I grew a lot personally and and it was um, yeah it was definitely something that uh, that made me I think a better person and I also like you know those it was like around eight months where where I was in Hanover uh, and I was learning German uh, where I was very lonely and you know uh, I had't n- nobody in my age group to, to basically talk to. Uh, and I was also basically cut off from my friends in in Tehran back back in the day. There was you know that it would be extremely expensive to call home. There's no Facebook, yeah. No right. Facebook, yeah. <laughs> and I had to like write uh, you know actual mail, and it would take two weeks to arrive in Tehran, and then my friends would reply, and it would take another two weeks to get back to me. So. Uh basically, uh, it, it was a different world back then. But, you know, after like 10 months, I went to uh, Bavaria, which is in the s- uh, southern Germany region. And um, I went to a boarding school with everybody my own age. And then, you know, my life was happy again. And then, you know, I, Germany uh, grew on me very, very fast. And, and it became my second home.
0: You end up staying in Germany as for as long as you had you had been in Iran. I mean, you're you're there for about fifteen years. Tell yeah. me if I have this story correct. You basically end up going there, at least in the musical sense, for to pursue a classical um, genre of music to, to pursue a classical music degree. But you end up gravitating as well towards mm. jazz. Is that correct? Yeah. What was yes. it? What was it about jazz that captivated you?
5: Well, uh, mostly uh, harmonies. So I, I um, basically, uh, I um, always um, had this calling in myself that I, I was always very bold and I knew it very early in my life that I wanted to be a composer. I never wanted to be a pianist uh, or at least a pianist only. Piano was, was my main instrument, and I loved playing it, and I, I still do. I, I, I feel sick if I, I don't play for one day, I, I feel like there's something missing. But uh, I always wanted to be a composer, and I felt at that point, and I think I was correct, that, you know, classical music would not give me, at least studying classical piano would not give me what I need as a, as a composer, so uh, it was a very natural development for me to. Sorry, go why why not?
0: Because it's already got its traditions, it's already got its templates, or is that what you mean? What? Uh,
5: well, no, you know, to be a classical pianist uh, does not train you to go uh, knowingly into into these, you know, amazing uh, world of. Uh, harmonies that jazz offers you can't be the explorer that
0: again the back to the reza is the
5: explorer yeah but that is true but you know i mean uh, let me let me be more specific so you know in order to to uh as a classical piano player in order to get into really interesting harmonies you have to like start with Rachmaninoff which is already like you know uh, probably the one of the hardest things you could ever play on the on the classical piano whereas in in jazz music you know even at the starting point you have access to such interesting harmonies uh, i mean i'm comparing that to like mozart or beethoven who are great composers uh but you know back then it's like the harmonies started you know uh, Quiet, quite harmless and easy, and uh, it's really got as interesting as as it gets early on in jazz music. So, so just to uh, just to
0: explain this to. Yeah. Uh, um yeah. a, a non-musical audience if anybody's yeah. listening who and they are who are yeah. not quite as accomplished in music yeah. so uh, you're talking about in 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 traditional classical music there'll be a strong melody in jazz there's more opportunities to build around that melody using different notes would that be a way to describe uh the the, the harmony opportunities
5: um yeah Roughly, yes. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps you can do well, a better yeah, job yeah. of explaining so, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. For for, for non musicians, yes. Uh, I'm trying to listen to What, what this does it podcast? mean to you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some people might not know what it means that there's more harmony opportunities. So I will. Well, yeah, to. yeah.
5: Uh, you know what? Yeah. So basically, if you have a single layer in music, it's called melody. And as soon as it gets to two layers, you have, like, they have to develop a relationship together. So it will be a harmony. Okay, perfect. But you right. know, in classical music, you have usually um, harmonies that are three-layered together with the melody, and in jazz music, you have harmonies that are four, five, or six-layered together with the melody. So um, that is that was my point uh, for non-musicians.
0: So Reza, yeah. you, by by your twenties, you're you're in Germany. You're you're playing, from what I understand, you're doing some gigs in jazz clubs. You're basically a kid of the diaspora. Um, you're you're now a germ. You're you're German Iranian, Reza Rohani. What um, yeah. w- what leads you to go back to Iran uh, and make your first album there?
5: Well, yeah, it was very personal. I I basically simply fell in love. Oh, and and yeah, that's why I moved back to to Iran, and uh, yeah, and then living in Iran. Uh, Wait, because of hang on. emotional, you, you fell in love with. <laughs> this
0: is not a metaphor. You actually with a with a person, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. And she was in Iran. Uh, she was in Iran. She yes, was in Iran, and, and Iran. you were what you were communicating, and then you, 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 you she said, "Well, I'm no, here." No, no.
5: I, I used to go back uh, during you know uh, uh, summer breaks. Okay. For a few weeks in Iran and one of these summer breaks yeah uh, I fell in love and then you know after I came back we you know stayed in touch and then I decided that uh, enough Germany I want I'm to coming. be close yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. enough of Germany and then yeah I uh, you know I, I have been uh, emotional this way in in my life and I'm happy that I was uh, I hope I, I am going to, you know, find the strength again to <laughs> be this courageous. But, yeah, I've done this a few times. So.
0: Hey, that's it's a beautiful uh, thing. You pursued yeah. your love. Yeah, you're an artist. Yeah,
5: exactly. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you, you uh, definitely gained something. And uh, it is also a risky move. I mean, you have to re- rebuild every time you migrate to a different uh, country. And I've done it a few times. What was it uh, like? Re-
0: what was it? I mean, you said you've been returning in, at summers and stuff. But when you, when you move back to Iran, uh, mm-hmm. the Iran of two thousand and seven or two thousand, you know, mid two thousands is mm-hmm. different from the Iran of nineteen ninety one that you've left to a certain extent. What, yeah. what was that like for you? Did you feel immediately like you're back in Iran, or did you feel now, now the now you're somebody from away who's come back? You're westernized, uh, Reza, somehow. Mm-hmm
5: yeah um you know what i uh yeah so the country had changed but i was i i got the chance to witness so that change because i i you know was lucky to go back home a few times during those years that i was in germany uh, so the the country uh, had changed but you know moving back and starting to you know Starting the process of, of of being a professional musician in Iran was a culture shock for me. Definitely, it was it was hard to adjust, and and uh, you know my personality uh, was not. Uh, I mean my professional. Uh, and maybe even private personality uh, was shaped by by German values such as punctuality and <laughs> stuff that you know. We that, definitely uh, don't know that in the Ravi <laughs> <exactly, laughs> culture. <yeah. laughs> So uh, yeah, so what I was used to from Germany uh, was, of course, uh, not provided in Iran. And and not uh, only that, but
0: a sophisticated yeah. music industry which didn't exist away when you go back to yeah, um, Iran. Right?
5: Yes, that that was that was the case. Although I was fortunate enough to to find accomplished uh, musicians to to work with, but um, yeah, so the industry was actually starting quite strong. And um, people were actually like pop singers were emerging and they were also making real money. And in many ways, those were really uh, good years for Iranian uh, musicians. I don't know if they were good years for (laughs) Iranian music, but they probably were. But, you (laughs) know, I very soon realized that um, I cannot stay true to myself and also be successful the way I I wish in Iran. Mm. Although you know I I I actually kept on going and tried to stay true to myself with a reasonable amount of, of healthy Uh, flexibility (laughs) Uh, but i realized that that i cannot be you know the way that you know as successful as i as i wish i i could be but then i decided to just you know go with it anyway and and i realized that you know being successful is is not more important than than staying true to yourself let me, uh,
0: for, first of all, by the way, what happened to the Rabete with the, how long did it last, the girl that you followed back to Iran?
5: <laughs> it lasted a few years. Oh, okay. All
0: right. That, so it wasn't, that, that's, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so it was worth it. It wasn't, a,
5: it, was it didn't different.
0: end as soon as you got there or something. It yeah, was, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It you and eventually though, you, yeah. <laughs> uh, all great things seem to yeah, end exactly. sometimes. Yeah. So you you, um, you you mentioned a few moments ago that you that you did find some great musical compatriots once you get back to Iran. In fact, you. Um, build this new group called the Beyond the Moon Ensemble and you end up putting out that first album that I mentioned uh, in the introduction called A Fragile Silence. Let me yeah. play a little bit of uh, Shaba Abi. This is from yep. Reza Rouhani and the Beyond the Moon Ensemble from 2008. of Reza Rohani, my future guest today, with his uh, Beyond the Moon ensemble and a song called Shabe Abi." Um, you know, we, we talked a bit about this uh, at the top of the interview, but h- how many people of Iranian background in Iran were making music like that 12, 10, 12 years ago?
5: Well, <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, uh, um, yeah, we did, feel like pioneers in in our band um but you know not not in not in a life-changing way but it was you know interesting to explore uh you know those uh, those uh areas with with um with camon and you know that kind of music that i wrote that that featured it but yeah so uh, uh i mean i'm sure that there were you know I mean very, very, very good high quality music followed us at least. Uh, but back then I think I was pretty new. How, sure. how was
0: it received in Iran, that yeah. album?
5: Uh, you know what? Um, it, it actually was well received compared to you know being um, and just an instrumental album with with no famous face on it. We were just four young guys that you know practiced every week together and had a working band like that and performed uh, a few times a year. Um, I mean, a few nights a year um, in in Tehran only, and uh, but it was well received. I mean, it, interestingly enough, like uh, it was p- played quite often on on the radio and and on the national TV without mentioning. Uh, our name or giving any credit to it but yeah so oh, really it was playing yeah it made the yeah, cut yeah. <laughs> well yeah quite often it still is actually interesting uh yeah because you know it was, it was I, I can of, never you know, by, by
0: the way i mean i'm yeah. sure this is partly because i've i've always been outside of iran but but yeah. I, I can never figure out what is allowed and not allowed i, I this, wow. the, the 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 process of censorship or is is so bizarre and random to me. I would have thought this 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 might fall into the category of heretical some, somehow. <laughs> you know, I don't. Well, what do I know?
5: It's interesting that that you mentioned uh, heretics. Actually, the the first song, "Fragile Silence," was uh, again without my permission. It was uh, the title music of Musawagay Qur'an. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On TV. Uh, It was like. It was more than just accepted. It was, yeah. So, Ostad Motahari (laughs) Astomi Porsa. That was like basically (laughs) the title music of it, interestingly enough. But yeah, it was also used for like commercials on TV. And uh, yeah, so uh, basically the music was was uh, so. Wait a second, very when it well gets played now-
0: on a. A, a show about the the Quran, a, a yes, religious yeah. program. What, <laughs> yeah. what do you have any recourse? Can you? See, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, it's like uh, Elton John's music getting played at the Trump rally. You know, like <laughs> do you? Do you do Elton John calls up and says, "No, you can't play." I mean, do you do you say anything or do you?
5: you well, you, you know, because there are ma- many parallel institutions in Iran that you know have to you know that that do the same thing more or less. For example, there is this uh, basically institute that gives permissions for for airing stuff uh, on TV. And there is a different kind of shora or institution that, that gives uh, permission for, you know, having your your CD pressed for, out for sales and stuff like that for publishing. So um, I had to basically <laughs> go through these different kind of chores to, you know, get different permissions for different kind of media. And uh, one of those was, you know, going to this uh, council that that would decide uh, on if the music is playable on TV. <laughs> and it, uh, and TV and radio was both the same right. thing. So was Sima, which is like both radio and TV. Uh, and yeah, it was denied permission. But then... Uh, it was after that, it was like made the title music for this Quran uh, program. And then also wow. the, m- many, many other times. I, I would say like at least 10 other uh, things that, that come to mind, like commercials and, and other stuff. But uh, it was uh, without giving us any credit. So it was just basically so denied there, but then used. But then, without names, and so you, you have little recourse. It was, you couldn't, yeah, well, no. I I don't because back then, you know, I actually I, I had left Iran already as those things happened, and friends told me afterwards. Wow. So, uh, but yeah, so I, yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. you you
0: you do decide to move to America right after that around two thousand and nine. Um, t- t- you you alluded to it again. You said you it, you really didn't feel like. You could stretch out or do what you wanted to do musically and, and business-wise and musically it, without leaving tell me why you chose california
5: well uh, california is, is is such a natural choice if, if you move to the u.s as a musician um yeah uh and also yeah growing up in germany i've had my share of bad weather so <laughs> i really was like you know being a teenager in Germany, watching Baywatch, <laughs> <laughs> right. I imagined to to go to California. Then I made the mistake to basically move to San Francisco first, which was quite back the to the rain the and the, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, you know, uh, my father had had very close friends and and actually uh, an entire community uh, supporting him. Uh, when he came to the U.S., uh, uh, he would he would visit the U.S. quite often to work. Uh, he would go to Sacramento, and there was this, you know, uh, strong uh, community and friendships there. And uh, I just followed him. Basically, the first time I, I came to the U.S., it was just. Um, uh, you know, to to perform in concerts alongside with my father. But then uh, after that, I actually decided to stay. Interestingly enough, I actually uh, was in the U.S. as my sister called me and said that, you know, mail has arrived at home. And it says that I... Um, won in the green card lottery <laughs> so <laughs> i i actually had participated uh, through a friend for the first time uh, in the green card lottery and i i basically had won so uh, it was you know just basically the signs were there okay I was in in the U.S. with my German passport, but then, you know, I wanted to stay here, but then it would have been, you know, going through the same ordeal again of, you know, applying for a new uh visa and permission to stay and work and stuff like that but then you know winning the green card lottery that was just basically a sign for me to so, so
0: reza I, I in the introduction i called you i mean i haven't talked to you about this so i don't know what you i, I called you iranian german american uh reza yeah. rohani uh you said earlier in this conversation that you your cultural identity is to not really belong anywhere. So yeah. how, how do you identify? I mean, if you were in some part of the world, uh, if you're in Sydney, Australia, and somebody walks up to mm-hmm. you and says, where are you from, how do you answer that question?
5: Well, it's always a hard, hard thing to, to answer for me. I actually usually answer as, as an Iranian, uh, and I don't use like other terminologies like Persian or stuff like that because I I don't want to right, really hide um, that I am an Iran Iranian or Iranian uh, the way I pronounce it. But um, yeah, so I I don't really feel like I hundred percent belong to a certain geographic you know coordination here on 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 earth i i, I do feel uh, very affectionate about germany i i i you know experienced like very important personal growth there and i've been calling the us home since uh, 2009 and you know it has been 11 years now and uh, i feel very much at home uh, and, of course, there is Tehran and Iran, uh, and uh, where I always felt at home. So, yeah, basically, that uh, you gain something, you lose something.
0: Let me ask you about your dad, because mm-hmm. uh, we, we talked a little bit about him. But uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, go a little deeper on this, because... It's interesting. Not only did you go into the same Reshte, you're the same, you know, music career and, and the piano and there you are. I mean, we, we at the top of this uh, interview, we played a little bit of you guys playing piano together. In fact, on stage, um, it's not just that you don't shy away from being a proud son. You... Reza, at least fifty percent of your Instagram is pictures or videos with you and your dad. You highlight <laughs> him at every turn. You're very yeah. proud of him. Yeah. You're you you are not someone who is is uh, feels clearly feels like he's in the shadow of his father. You you seem to be screaming at the off the at the rooftops. Uh, uh, this is my dad, and and I'm proud of him. Tell me about your relationship with him, and what maybe what you've most learned from him.
5: Um, i I do feel very proud uh, to be his son uh, mainly because you know he is uh, the definition of a good person if you ask me and at least many of his friends <laughs> and uh, you know I really want to one day be able to to uh, achieve nearly as 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 much professionally as my father has but then i also this is like one of my my deepest wishes in my life that i one day get to be as good a father as my father was to me so uh yeah so i i admire him in in every way and uh i also again through his own instructions and also through his help of getting me the education that i need I do feel that um, professionally I, I c- complement his abilities uh, with my own. So how, that, how do
0: you how do you complement his abilities?
5: <clears throat> well, yeah, so basically <laughs> to get musical again. So he is very strong with with melodies, and and my strength is harmonies. So <laughs> since we
0: explained that <laughs> I'm not going to get already, you to I describe it too. again. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys consult with each other professionally? I mean, does he, do you say, hey, dad, do you think I should take this gig? Or does he say, here's a recording, what do you think of it? Uh, do you
5: talk to each other that way? Yeah, constantly, constantly. Like every single step, yeah, I I, I do consult with him. And, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very lucky to report that he also does consult with me. At least, you know, in the last years, uh, last few years. Where, where, Are you, you
0: torofi with each other? Would he tell you if, if he thinks something isn't good?
5: Uh, actually, I, um, I am one of the very, very few people who he does <laughs> tell <laughs> if, if he doesn't like something. Because <laughs> there is this famous story about him that, uh, you know, there, has been an, uh, there was an earthquake in Los Angeles. And then uh, this friend of, of my mom calls him, you know, nervous. It was, I think, in the 80s. It was a bad earthquake here in L.A. And he was here in L.A. And uh, <laughs> yeah, this friend of my mom calls him, says, like, Anushun, are you, are you OK? Is everything good? And he says, it was a great earthquake. Like. <laughs> and then you know this has become uh, this anecdote about you know, what can be good about <laughs> about this earthquake but yeah so he basically sees everything positive and he definitely does not uh give negative comments except to me which <laughs> right. uh which i very much appreciate because you know I, I i i learned that you know um giving uh his honest professional opinion yeah is is the most valuable thing he can offer. And I feel very honored that, that he's honest to me and helps me improve that that is Can you bring uh, yourself to, to be critical with him? Could we would you say Oh that- I am constantly Critique of everybody. So. Okay, okay. So you you would say,
0: Dad, I I I think you you know you, you shouldn't have done that concert or, or or that appearance or you that that you hit the wrong note or I don't like your hair or what I mean which
5: <laughs> well yeah yeah I do it constantly. Okay. and it's funny that I do because you know I'm, I'm, I'm my sisters as well. So my my two sisters and I we constantly <laughs> criticize him, but you know lovingly uh, in order to, to to basically we we are very sensitive of. Preserving his image because that is the one of the most valuable things, uh, valuable things in in our lives. Uh, but uh, yeah, so yeah, he's he's very good uh, in in getting critiqued. He, he is, you know, he has a big personality and and um, you know he can take those. And uh, again, but dishing out is—I'm uh, the only recipient uh, every <laughs> once you in a while. You have the honor so. of being the one that, <laughs> the,
0: where the, the positivity stops and the negativity.
5: Well, yeah. I mean, I I I see it very positive. That is where the where the honesty. Um, I mean, the honesty uh, about details. I mean, he's not necessarily dishonest when when he says positive things. He is actually honest, but you know, he does not point out the negative in other people's works or lives or whatever but uh, when it comes to my work especially he is very critical and i again i i that is the most constructive thing uh that can happen to me i very much appreciate it
0: listen i have to ask you about uh about
5: something that's
0: that's very important to me, and and it, it does relate to you and your dad, and, and it it even relates to the story you just told a few minutes ago about uh, your music being played on Iranian TV and radio, and without any consultation with you or or uh, agreement, or I'm assuming any compensation either. Uh, we've been talking on this program a lot, Reza, about the broken nature of copyright royalties and publishing when it comes to famous Persian Iranian compositions and writing. This is something that I really hope to try and do something about in whatever little way I can. We we had Farid Zolon on this program for a, a full episode not too long ago. I'm sure you know him, if not know of him. Um, And and it is, of course, heartbreaking that this legend of composition has not been compensated anywhere near what he deserves for writing all those legendary popular songs. And I was thinking about you and I was thinking about your father, who I I imagine falls into this category as well. I, I mean, I know and I know a lot of people know that your dad literally wrote the persian version of happy birthday (laughs) (laughs) there's not one iranian around the world who doesn't know that song that melody Uh, does he get compensated for that
5: well luckily my my dad um registered with uh with it's called Sassem. it's the the company that um the it Iranian version the of ASCAP, cop, like a publishing, yeah, magazine. yeah, okay. not the Iranian, the the French uh, version. The, of oh, ASCAP, okay, uh, protects oh, protects the composer's rights. Uh, so why he, was that he, song he,
0: written in France or no 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 no? He, no, just, no. Okay, he uh,
5: basically, you know, he basically uh, remember the story I told about him going to Paris and trying to, you know, uh, study there. So yes. he basically also through my mom, who also. Uh, s- spent uh spent some some years in in paris to, to you know study he had uh, physical <laughs> access to being in france back then and registering with ascap okay uh oh wow so can you hear this sound i think i need to give give me a second to close my windows okay shut give me one second sorry
0: Has gone to close his windows. Panjareha, also a famous song from Zaire. Wasn't Panjareha a famous song? Uh, do Panjareha. Ah, oh, Do Panjareha. Oh. Yeah. Wow, it's quite a what's happening out there.
5: Oh, wow. <laughs> how many windows does he have? So how about this for a podcast? Like, what well, was that? How, <laughs> first of all,
0: lower. <laughs> how many windows do you have? It sounded like you were closing at 10 windows.
5: Uh, no, no. Oh. It was just one window was stuck, so I had to like, use a little bit of force. That, that, wasn't so. the publi-
0: <laughs> that wasn't the publishing authorities, was it? As soon as we started the conversation, <laughs> they were at the window with uh, some kind of... Contraption, yeah. Uh,
5: yeah. So my father had access to physically be in in f- France and uh, personally registering for for uh, membership in in Sacem, which is the French ASCAP, in, in the sixties. So um, he basically has been registering all his songs uh, ever since wow and so luckily enough at least here in the western world uh his his work is protected Uh, but when that
0: song gets played in iran
5: yeah yeah well yeah does he does he he make a penny
0: yeah no no no, no. so there's 190 million people currently in iran where that's uh, who will uh at least once a year sing that song (laughs) or play the music in their house
5: uh, right? Well, I don't, are are we this many? Are we ninety million? Yeah, people yeah. Or, I don't know, eighty million. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. People sing that around the world. Uh, yeah, all all who speak Farsi basically sing that mostly. I mean, you know, he does not get compensated uh, when that song is used in any media in in Iran, but at least you know he's protected in the rest of the world, which is kind of funny.
0: so as a composer yourself do you have a what do you? How do you feel about it? It's not just music, too. I mean, we've we had Shahnoush Pasipour on the show. She's a novelist, who, mm-hmm. uh, You know, uh, Farid Zolam was talking about Iradj Pezeshkzad, who wrote the Dajun Napalon has made nothing yeah. from a story that every Iranian knows. It's he he'd be like the the J.K. Rowling. It's like writing Harry mm-hmm. Potter. You know, yeah. uh, who's a billionaire. Uh, yeah. uh, wh- what do you make of this this boondoggle that is? um the lack of compensation or royalties for creators who've come from Iran over the last few decades
5: well yeah it's it's very unfortunate and it definitely does affect the 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 quality of of all cultural products that are not protected and are not compensated but yeah it's 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 a reality that unfortunately, is true for so many other fields as well uh, when it comes to Iran and Iranian industries that, you know, it needs correction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Reza, you chose to participate in the Manotos series stage as a judge. In fact, it's probably one of the reasons why you've become even more famous in the last few years but because of your appearance there. Uh, some artists have trepidation about appearing on reality shows. We did have Hamed uh, Nick Pay on a few months ago, and he says he's not sure he would have done that in retrospect, uh, just because he didn't feel like it fit with him as an artist. How was that experience for you?
5: Well, it, for me, it was a great experience. Honestly, like it was like a fairy tale, and um, it got me a lot of recognition, and and it was a fun show to produce. It was it was uh, you know. Uh, very challenging to to produce that many tracks uh, backing tracks for for the vocalists in such a short time and it, it was so such such a you know uh, privilege to be able to to see if almost instantly how your work reflects uh, within you know such a big audience of like 30 and over million people who would, you know, watch the show. And then also like, you know, getting for the final show, I think we had like over 6 million votes, uh, which was amazing. So um, yeah, it it was a fairy tale and, and it was, it was hard, uh, but in a very good way. Like I, I didn't get much sleep (laughs) during, (laughs) during the live shows because we would just work so hard to to produce. I mean, you know, the shows themselves, they were like, you know, basically they, they felt like our day off because <laughs> everything was catered to us and, and we were just the talent sitting there and being filmed and everybody else was producing. But the five days where we, what we had until the next live show, we had to just basically work around the clock to to finish those tracks for for the singers what about the spectacle
0: of it do you do you like being famous uh
5: very much so i i I love being famous i um i I don't know if i'm that famous but uh i i love uh, being able to you know have having being privileged to have a platform to represent my my um art And that is all about. uh, That is why I went uh, into art in the first place, in order to be able to communicate to as many people as possible. I
0: think one of the tension points for hamed not to paraphrase or to paraphrase him, I suppose, Mm -hmm. it would Mm -hmm. be that, um, he is that is the, and he's not he's not the first to say this. I mean, this is the this is the whole difficulty that uh, some Mm -hmm. uh, folks feel when they go on a big program like this. Is that, is that he said, well, I've been an artist for all these years. I've created all this stuff. People know, know me now for a TV show. They don't know me for, mm. for my art, you know. Uh, d- does that bother you if people just know ah. you from the Manitou show?
5: No, no. Why wouldn't it bother me? No, I. it's just, you know, I just see uh, that my art would not have reached as many people as it did without that show. Is it exactly the same amount as people who know me through through the TV show? No, of course not many people know me through the show uh, who did not you know listen to my music at all but uh, first of all I I got to produce those tracks that were uh, basically the backing uh, tracks for for the for the vocalists and uh, that was basically the most important uh, display that I got so I got to you know see uh, how those arrangements work and and uh, how people like them or dislike them but um uh, other than that, I, I at least you know got like ten times the audience uh, that I could ever wish for without that show. So yeah, it was a positive exp- experience for me through and through. You know, so, yeah,
0: you know what I felt what I've learned in this interview, uh, a a number of things, but one of the things is, uh, unless you're an incredibly good actor um, who's been faking us this whole time, uh, you, you do sound like the way you describe your dad. You sound like a pretty positive guy. Most of the, no, 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 most of the things that I've, I've sort of thrown at you in terms of um, uh, uh, potential tensions in your life or your past yeah. or whatever. You you see them or you you talk about them in positive ways. You can see the positive in things and you want to talk about that. Um, would that be true of you?
5: Well, I I'm, I am nothing like my dad. Unfortunately, He's like you know he would be not described like like a normal human being. I'm I'm very much a normal human being who is very appreciative and and grateful. Of, of uh, and aware of how lucky he has been uh, in his life. And, yeah, that is me. I, I am very grateful. I would say my, my name, Reza, does reflect that. So I am very Razi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, when you become much more famous, you also yeah. become the subject of a lot of gossip. Uh, uh, your your romantic life gets discussed mm. by yeah. the internet very often. Yeah. Even, even actually yeah. booking you on the, the, this our program, there were people who are on our team who were like d- debating whether is he still with this person? I think he's dating this mm. person he's with- yeah <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you, how do you feel about that?
5: Uh, Well, honestly, like, I usually keep my uh, private life very private, which nobody believes me because, you know, I went public once, like, really, (laughs) really public, and, uh, yeah. um,
0: What are you talking about, Reza? uh,
5: I I am talking about uh, (laughs) uh, my previous relationship that everybody uh, gossips about. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, so there are also, like, um, I mean... It it was it was uh, one of one of the great things that happened to me in life, and uh, the only thing is that uh, you know uh, we both probably would have chosen not to go public with it um, if we had you know a second chance, because you know private life is is called a private life for a reason. It's better to be be kept private. Mm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, how do you deal uh, with gossip uh, yeah.
0: on the internet in general, or or, or well, trolls you know, or whatever?
5: I, yeah, well, yeah, I <laughs> I don't really care that much, um, un- unless there's somebody who is like really interested in 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 you know things I would like to offer or would like to share. If they are interested in things that I don't like to share or I don't like to comment about, then then you know most of the time it's just doesn't, you know, bother me. Yeah.
0: Hey, man, I've, I've really yeah. enjoyed this. I am so grateful <laughs> for the time you've given us. I, I you, It's really, it's a it, it's a very positive story, your story. Uh, and goodness. I appreciate what you do. I want to go out on a song that was released not too long ago with your dad and Homayon Shahjarian. You arranged it. It's called Sarnevesht. But before I ask you about the song, I, I, Reza, I know you must have been, deeply saddened by the passing of Ustad Mohammad Reza Shajarian, Humayun's dad, and a, a music legend in Iran. Do you want to share any words about Maestro Shajarian?
5: Well, uh, yeah, indeed, it was it was a very sad occasion, obviously. You know, as an artist, of course, you look up to the legends and, and icons, but... Um, yeah, I was unfortunately saddened on a very personal level because Wustat uh, Shajarian used to be one of the closest friends uh, of my dad's. And um, I don't know if, if if I am, you know, in a position to, to say anything about him. But uh, definitely uh, the thing that I learned from him is that with uh, True Greatness, um, um, you can have the luxury of being really humble, uh, which he really was, you know, very, very sweet man, uh, great man, of course, in every way, and yeah, um, he will be missed
0: that's beautifully said um so so with that said what what do you want to tell us about this song that uh, that you you arranged with your dad and
5: Homayun? uh this is basically like has been in the making for for 10 years already and uh so my father uh composed this song uh And uh, he basically had the main thing, uh, the main uh, lyrics or the main theme, which was Sarnivisht roboyada as which means you have to be the writer of your own destiny. And so he basically composed that, and um, Homayoun Shajarian, uh, who is probably the greatest singer alive, he's amazing. Uh, what he's capable of doing is is non-human. So uh, he he sang sang it years ago, and um, yeah, it just basically. Uh, you know, it was like in the background and and uh, my father kept talking about it, how to arrange it and stuff like that uh, until uh, very recently, like about a year ago, where uh, I got the privilege of getting the official contract of arranging this song and uh, I put my, my everything into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is probably the arrangement that I'm most proud of, um, which is the result of, of many years, also result of practicing it uh, quite often during stage that you just men- mentioned. So, And I was able to, to produce the final track, uh, which I'm very proud of. And yeah, that, that is the story of that. It so be. it got published after, after years and years of, work well, basically you should be proud of it it's beautiful yeah, yeah. it's great work it's it
0: is a it's been a great privilege and i uh i hope we'll do it again i hope we'll do it in person once this covid thing is done and i'm <laughs> i'm grateful and, and happy to get to talk to you reza john
5: thank you thank you it was a pleasure to be here and thanks for having me
0: talk to you again soon
5: thank you <laughs> <Goodbye>. <laughs>
0: That is composer, producer, pianist Reza Rohani. You can find him on Instagram at Reza Rohani Official. Reza Rohani Official. Reza joined us from Los Angeles, California today. What a smooth and positive conversation that was! I quite enjoyed that. Uh, Captain Reza Groovy Shaya, uh the fabulous Keon, have reconvened in uh, in and around the Rook Studio. Shaya? yes, your well, thoughts on Reza Rohani?
1: <laughs> I love this guy. You know, he he he's a bomb of uh, positive uh, vibes. You know, yeah. and <laughs> it's like you can tell him your negative thought and he can transform (laughs) it into positive it didn't sound it
0: didn't sound manufactured either the positivity when he said you know Mm. uh, yeah I loved being on the TV show lots more people know me now I'm a celebrity he's too honest I mean it's it's great and he was saying that that's the best quality about his dad but he seems to really be embodying it as well. Yes, yes. You know
3: what I liked about him, though? When he was talking about uh, picking up etiquette German etiquettes and, and then going back to Iran, that punctuality and stuff like that, and just <laughs> things that don't fly necessarily <laughs> yeah, in that yeah, culture. Yeah, it's yeah, so it was cool. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, of course, Pink Floyd. The Pink Floyd references. <laughs> yes. are all, I'll never stop asking people about Pink <laughs> Floyd, whenever <laughs> that <laughs> comes up in any way. Uh, the, the weird Persian connection <laughs> with <laughs> Pink Floyd that I'm going to write a book about. Uh, Keon...
2: It's always interesting to hear the perspective of the child of someone famous and well known mm-hmm. you know i think you mentioned it it goes either way either yeah. they want to distance themselves from that industry and what their father or mother was a part of or they're engaged in it and they want to learn from their father and i think shaya probably relates a lot to that you know uh, you're the son of a famous iranian actor so yes. it's interesting to don't hear don't mention <laughs> that <laughs> she gets really uh, so, i think i was sensitive interested,
1: <laughs> I was Shia John. <laughs> okay. Okay. How's <laughs> 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 yes, yes. So
2: I, I don't know if you're willing to answer this, but I'm interested to hear your perspective. You know, you're the son of a well-known um, Persian uh, actor.
1: So Yes, what do you but uh, my dad actually is not that famous as Anushirawan Rohani. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, for example, I remember uh, when I was at grade... Uh, fifth i think i think my father had a role in a very famous movie at that time and so I remember that uh, some of my—I uh, mean, I—I I passed some of my exams befi- because of my father. You know, <laughs> yes, but yeah, it, it, sometimes it's funny. Yeah. I also That's thought that was, it was
0: fascinating. That I mean, as I pointed out in the interview, and I, it was interesting that he said he hasn't been asked this before, but the paradox or the the interesting moment there, where this famous. Maestro, piano player, and also teacher, an instructor in Iran, uh, gets uh, sends his kid to Germany. Yeah. Um, yes. it, I thought I th- rather than teach him himself, I think exactly. that was very interesting. At the yeah. age of fifteen, okay, you go. And, Actually, uh, I, have
1: a, I have an English question. Yes, uh, because I've heard it several times what does it mean when somebody says for example hey dude i'm a musician i'm not a jukebox or i am a jukebox i'm you know what's the expression of jukebox
0: well do you know what a jukebox is yes okay so uh, it, it it's a reference to somebody playing um cover songs so you know in in at least in western music there's guys who play or people, I should say, who um, the kind of musician who will make a living playing in a bar or playing at weddings or um, playing at events, doing cover songs, doing uh-huh. doing songs where okay, now I'm going to sing a Bruce Springsteen song. Now I'm going to sing uh, a Yan song. You know what? Uh, and whereas not usually the same person does the Springsteen and the Shagarian, but <laughs> but you know somebody with, a, with a, quite a repertoire. Yes. Um, there are some musicians uh, or some artists who don't, you know, don't see themselves as a cover musician, as somebody who's going to uh-huh. sing other people's works. See themselves as their own, you know, their own creators, their own. And so they're not jukebox music. I'm not somebody who's here to play Neil Young songs for you, man. I'm going to just play I, my songs for you. I That's got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Their origin.
0: By the way, Keon, yes. y- did you notice that uh, Shia has had his haircut?
2: I noticed something looked different mm-hmm. and it was I knew it had something to do with his hair. I was like, okay, either he styled it differently <laughs> or cut it. it the reason I me. ask
0: is because I know you didn't notice it I because did not. he came in to adjust the microphone right before we started and you said, "Oh, oh, did there's something, something different?" He looks radically different. (laughs) He had long hair, and now it's super short hair. And again, it's it's like a month ago or so when you were like, oh, is Reza tall? Like, Reza (laughs) is tall. And you'd been working with him for five months and you've never noticed that. Yes. It could be offensive. I don't think you notice us. We're all invisible to you. I think I was meant
2: to be a man. God made the mistake and made me a woman. I just, I don't notice haircut. Men
0: can notice haircut. uh, We all (laughs) notice his haircut. (laughs) Men, women, dogs, everyone notices that. There's, There's
2: that joke where, a guy doesn't notice his wife's haircut. I think that's me. I just, I'm, I'm sorry. It looks great, Shia. It looks Thank really you. good. Thank it suits you.
4: <laughs>
0: that means wow, a lot. look at
2: that letter yeah. of the day. Let's see.
4: What All right.
0: There. It's time for letters.
2: Okay, so last week on episode 53, we had a feature interview with Jane Lewison. She's the director of the Golha Project. She spoke about her multi-year mission to preserve Persian culture, music, poetry, and art from the 20th century. So on Facebook, we have Nazila Rafizadeh. She wrote, As someone who loves art, I bow down to Jane Lewison, and thank the Museum of London for preserving Iran's cultural heritage. I also thank Jane for trying to preserve Iranian music. And a big thanks to the Rook team for trying to speak Farsi. Well done, Kionjan and Jian.
0: This is about trying to speak Farsi? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I think she meant that towards me. I was
0: trying
2: to... Oh, boy. I'm And then we have Mojgan Bigdelo on Facebook. She wrote... Listening to the the interview with Jane took me back to my childhood and my dad's favorite music. Mm. I think for a generation like my dad's, Golha music is the only souvenir that takes them back to the good old days, before the revolution. Golha collections is a treasure. Thanks to all the people who were involved in making it and preserving it. Thank you, Team.
0: And let me just say here again, thank you much. And let me just say again that if uh first of all, if you didn't hear that interview, it's available uh on all of our platforms. The last show there with Jane Lewis and, and uh Tina Parsman. But also the Golha project, very worth checking out if you're uh if you're Googling and you want to see something interesting, all of this heritage uh, that the, the archives of this radio show that ran for a couple of decades or more in, in Iran uh, is what Jane has made it her life's mission to collect. Well worth checking out. The Golha project and the um, child of that, the new version of that, which is the Golistan project, which she's expanded. So worth checking out.
2: Definitely. So moving on to Instagram, uh, th- so the next uh, letter I'm, gonna, I'm about to read, uh, so th- it relates to this. Last week we were talking about the Persian translations of certain words to specific brands. Like the word sponge, for example, translates to a scotch in Persian, like scotch, the brand. Right. So we have Marzia Hadieh. Hadei, uh, she wrote. This interview evoked beautiful memories. Hadei, uh,
1: actually, I think we we've had this problem before. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Hadei,
2: I'm know. sorry, Marzieh Hadei. Let's say.
0: But it's an E-I, EI. So I would yeah. think it's Hadei. Hadei. Uh, yeah. E-I. It E-I wouldn't be Hadei. Yeah, you might be right, Marzieh Hadei. Yeah. Right.
2: Marzieh Hadei. She wrote, this interview evoked beautiful memories of my beloved parents. She goes on saying, by the way, we have a term as coinage in linguistics, which is when trade names for commercial products become general terms. Example, nylon. I thought you might find it interesting.
0: I do find that interesting. Thank you, Marzia. Actually, Panta the artist was uh, developing a list of, can you call her?
3: Yeah, Panta. Can you come here?
0: She was developing a list of Persian names that uh, hey, can you hear us? Yeah. Yes. weren't um, you, weren't you weren't you uh, developing a list of names <laughs> of uh, Persian Persian objects, Persian things that are named after name brands?
6: I don't know exactly which uh, which ones you mas- mentioned last week. We mentioned
0: Scotch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what? Uh, wh- Parazian.
6: What? Parazian.
0: Parazian. Yes. What's that?
6: Jura pshishayi. It's like yeah.
3: stalking.
0: I, I, stocking are called Parisians.
6: Um,
3: Women's stocking. They call them
6: okay. yes. Uh, the first brand comes uh, comes from Paris. Uh-huh. And then they 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 knew uh, this uh, Jura like Parisian <laughs> Parisian.
0: Right. That's the Parisian so- uh, for name for socks. Yes. Okay.
6: It was by myself. Not in the list. Okay. So, uh Is the
0: list going to get better than this, Ponce of the Artist? <laughs> Ponce this is...
6: <laughs> oh, no, no, wait, of the Artist, can you... It gets better. <laughs> all right. Is Lee, Lee, Lee. Is oh, yeah.
0: Oh, Lee. Lee, yes. Ah, Lee. What? Char-bol they call Lee. jeans Lee? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah.
6: we call all
2: Janes Lee. That I I know, I've heard Wow.
0: Charval Lee, yeah.
2: What,
0: what, what, really? Yeah. Yes. Wow.
2: Charval Lee, <laughs> <That's pushy-lee. laughs>
0: Yeah. So if you're wearing Guess jeans, you still call them Lee. Yes. yes. We're wearing That's Lee.
6: The best. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love that. All right. Thank you very much, to the artist. By the way, you were hovering around. Did you listen to the Reza Rohani interview?
6: Uh, yes.
0: And what did you think?
6: Uh, it was great. Uh, he, he was. Um Hundred percent smooth and uh, rock.
0: <laughs> he was rock, yeah. Yeah,
6: Haile Rock wood. Yeah, and yeah. I feel not uh, uh, I feel oh yeah. You thought it, that even though even though he's so, he's a star, he yeah. seems very down to earth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Ponta the artist.
6: Thank you for inviting oh, me. Well
0: thank you uh, for coming in. Uh now give the mic back to Shia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have more I have yeah yeah we'll get to the we'll list later thank you created a monster all right all right thank you
2: oh where were we <laughs> all right so oh, just
1: <laughs> hello
0: hi. hi shia thank you for seating your microphone to onto the artist
2: well, okay, as, fabulous, Keon. Where yes, were you? Yes, where was I? Uh, yes, moving on. Uh, as well on episode 53, we had Iranian New Zealander psychologist Tina Parsamand on her decision to return to Tehran to help those in need of mental health, counseling, and her popular Instagram channel, Insight with Tina Parsa. Mm-hmm. So a few people wrote on that specific part of the episode. On Instagram, we have Zahra Fatohi. Mm-hmm. She wrote, I've just come across this episode and Wow. I don't know what to say. This podcast was fantastic. I th- yeah.
0: Is that letter of the day? I'm not done oh, reading okay. it. Right.
2: <laughs> I thought it was just going to uh, I thought it was just going to be a biography, but wow. I'm very proud of you, Tina John. Stay strong. You can clap now. Letter of the day. <laughs> no,
0: that, not quite. not the letter of the day. <laughs> That's so good. I know Thank good. you, Zahra. <laughs>
2: uh oh, so uh, also last week on the Tina Parsaman uh, um, episode, we talked about how she was bullied during her elementary school days in New Zealand and on one specific occasion because she made the grave mistake of taking gorma sabzi to school for lunch. Uh, Many nice. of us have made this mistake, uh, my, myself included. <laughs> it's tragic. Oh, we have a nastaran Bluri. She wrote, taking gorma sabzi to school is not a good idea. So wait a
0: second, I'm guessing because it's, it's a little stinky? Like,
2: oh my! It's delicious. It's Orme the best. But, is why, like but why? Why cold? not take it to school? It just—it smells and looks like things that don't <laughs> belong on plates. And by the way, Ormasabzi, i it, 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 the, I'd never realized this, but if you eat it, the smell stays within your body uh, yes, 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 for yes. a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone brought this to my attention one day at the gym of all places. Well,
0: or maybe She's on like, your uh, drive-in date.
2: Perhaps Yes <laughs> After a week Of consuming Korma sabzi, so It's yes. a
1: smell of Shambalila Yeah of
2: it is sabzi. So consume it it's With your own discretion l- It's fenugreek.
1: delicious uh, the, what, the fenugreek
2: Fenugreek uh, Yes uh, it's yeah, fenugreek yeah. yeah Delicious But uh, yeah You
4: know there's a
3: slang In Farsi That says <laughs> Yes <laughs> Is that meaning
4: it's
2: In a bad way like Or
3: no, Well sort of I guess it means It it's doesn't very, sound good no, He's it, a hot headed
0: person I guess Oh I exactly right.
2: Cool. Moving on, we have Sayed Hassan Mir Hosseini wrote, inspiring. I hope your mother gets to a normal life soon, Tina. The best part of the interview, I think, was the comparison of people in Iran and New Zealand.
0: She mentioned that Tina was on her way to visit with her mother who's uh, dealing with breast cancer. cancer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, same message we want to send, too, to Tina and her mom, wishing the best. Yeah.
2: And then we have Jamile Talob. She wrote, Tina, you're the best. So happy to know you. And I have to admit, I've learned a lot from you. There you as go. did I. And then moving on, we have just general letters from no specific episode in particular. We have Farnaz, last name listed as S. She wrote, love listening to this podcast and loved finding Jian again. Whom I, can I finish I <laughs>
0: already the letter of the day <laughs>
2: whom I've missed for a long time hmm. I was a huge fan of the talk show Q in Toronto he was greatly missed among many of his fans I'm following you again Gian
0: thank you Farnaz. you have the letter <laughs> of the day.
2: Well, not quite, okay. not uh, quite. great. <laughs> Would you like to take over this Well, segment? I just wonder. It's, it, I
0: feel like we've been here for hours. But also, uh, I really thought that was a great letter.
2: <laughs> that was a great letter. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, and then we have Adil Sataripur. He wrote, Hey, Jeanne, I don't know why you change your correct pr- pronunciation of the word diaspora to diaspora. It's all Keon's fault. You see, even Jane Lewison sa- says diaspora. It's pronounced diaspora, both in the U.S. and U.K., according to the Cambridge Dictionary. Is he
0: trying to say diaspora?
2: He's <laughs> saying that diaspora is correct. You, however, always <laughs> pronounce it from the beginning diaspora.
0: Conversations from, to, and about the Iranian diaspora.
2: <laughs> yeah. Diaspora. <All>
0: right.
2: <laughs> anyway, agree to disagree. When's
0: the letter of the day?
2: Right now, <laughs> actually. <Whoa! laughs> and uh, I will just say this next user is is tough to uh, please, which I appreciate. You know, he always, he's an avid listener and always has um, negative uh, things to say, not negative. He's a, he's a tough critic. Let's put it that way. So the fact that he wrote this beautiful letter, just, I'm sorry, I had to just draw (laughs) it to to your attention. So Gashosp Nodon on YouTube wrote, as a longtime listener and admirer of the Golha program, I want to express my gratitude to Mrs. Lewison for the Golha internet radio station and everything She does for Iranian culture and music. Gulha is such a treasure of traditional Persian music and musicians. I hope more Iranians find interest in Gulha and get to know better the great masters of contemporary traditional Persian music through this program. Thank you, Rook, for inviting Mrs. Lewison.
0: Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Gashas. You have the letter of the day. Thank you, Captain Reza. Thank you, Groovy Shia. Thank you, the fabulous Kion. This is full time for Rook for today. We're going to go out on that song by Anushirvan Rohani, Homayun Shajarion, arranged by Reza Rohani, called Sarnavisht that we were talking about. Uh, thank you to all of you for listening and sharing our content. Remember, the hub of all things Rook, if you want to see uh, past episodes or get in contact with us rookmedia.com You can find me on Instagram at gian gomeshi Thank you again for listening See you Thursday Mizun Bashin.
3: Behtar نمشت شری را غرق در باور نمشت قصه ها را به سی دیگر نمشت از کجا این باورا من که گو روید سر بر نگردد سر میلوشت i ها را به سی دیگر نمشت. از کجا این بابه را من که گفت سر بر نگردد سر گرچه سرد و سخت زیباست موج این دریا گرفت سرگذاشته، سر گذاشتم سرنوشت شا حافظ پای کوبان و غذر خان لشکر قمراب سوزان بر فلک سخفی نمانده این زمانه هر بزن تا بی کرانه سرمه بشت را باید سر نبشت رو یاد با کمی بهتر را غرق در باور از go ke ravat sar par nagardad sar mede asenya sar mede asenya